Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. You become what you worship in extent. Now, throughout the disclaimer, I'm not talking about you don't become God, okay? So to all the Mormons, you got that theology way off. That is wrong. It's heretical, actually. Technically, that is blasphemous, okay? You will never become a God. I'm just letting you know that right now. But you should look more and more like Jesus as you follow him, okay? But if you are bowing down to idols, you will look more and more like the idols. And what are they? They're deaf. They're dumb. Have you ever heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Now, that's a pretty silly thing to say in most cases. But what it really means is that the things that we surround ourselves with is what we become. In the same way, Pastor James is going to share a message today about becoming more like Jesus. In it, he's going to remind us that the more that we focus on Jesus and worship Him, the more we become like Him. While we'll never be perfect, as Christians, we should strive to look like Jesus more and more. Now turn in your Bible to the book of Hosea chapter 10 for today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Now, verse 12, some of your Bibles, if it's New King James or King James, chapter 12 may actually start with verse 12, okay? So there's, there's a little difference there, but no big deal. My New Living Translation includes verse 12 in chapter 11, but no big deal. So if, I'm going to read this, and if it trips you up, well, at least I try to explain it, okay? So Israel surrounds me with lies and deceit, but Judah still obeys God and is faithful to the Holy One, all right? So... Now, that's either verse 1 for you or it's verse 12 for me. I don't know, but there you go. Verse 1 of chapter 12. The people of Israel feed on the wind, and they chase after the east wind all day long. They pile up lies and violence. They are making an alliance with Assyria while sending olive oil to buy support from Egypt. Okay, This dealings that Israel has had has been all throughout the book of Hosea. Okay, So they are trying anything and everything to get relief from their situation, other than going to God. So they are more than willing to seek wisdom and help and comfort from the world as opposed to going to God. And here's why. Going to God means that they have to admit that they're wrong. Okay? So they don't want to do that. Because that's, there's pride. There's a block called pride that's keeping them from like, well, we can't go to him. Okay, we've been, well, he doesn't like us anymore, and we don't know what's wrong with him. But, you know, so we'll go to the world. We'll go to Egypt. We'll go to Assyria. Wait, Assyria, aren't they the ones that's going to take you over? Oh, yeah. Well, no, well, we're sure we can be friends with those guys. Oh, good luck. Egypt, the ones that kept you in slavery for 400 and some odd years. Yeah, 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 but we're friends now. It's cool. It's fine. Is it? Shouldn't you just tell God you're sorry? Like, own it and repent, and then he said, if you do that, everything will be good. Oh, but we can't do that. So they are going anywhere and everywhere other than God for their solution. Christians, we cannot be like that. We cannot be like that. Not in this world that we live in today. Because there are a lot of voices that want to counsel you today that are not 
connected to God at all, that are actually anti-God. They want to have a voice in your ear. They want to have a voice in your ear. They want to give you their opinion. You don't believe me, just turn on any TV show or TV station, and they have some sort of news program or something where they are trying to what? They're trying to go and make disciples. And they want you to sit at their feet for hours and hours and hours and hours. Why? So they can disciple you. So they can train you when you have problems, you need solutions, you come to us. That could be good and bad. That could be, hold on now, Fox News. Oh, don't throw stuff at me. Um, it's fine. That could be CNN. I don't even know these, these news stations all that really much because I don't watch news. Um, I just can't do it. I watched some news when I was in Colorado because I was like, what's happening in our world? And then I'm watching politicians because it's election time. I'm like, that dude's a liar. That person's a liar. That person's a liar. I'm like, I, I hope people are seeing this. Like, my, like, phony, red, the, the red flags of, like, phoniness are going off like crazy. They're looking to have a voice within your ear, okay? Um, that, that space belongs exclusively to the Holy Spirit, okay? He has rights, exclusive rights to both of your ears. Give them your ears. Go to him. Something's going on. There's drama within your life. Man, the voice I want to hear is his. But what happens if he's not speaking? Just keep opening this thing and keep going to this thing. That's the best I can tell you, okay? Seek godly counsel from other people. The Proverbs tells us that, okay? So find mature believers and seek counsel, godly wisdom and counsel from other believers as well. Like that's, that is where you can go next, but we should never turn to the world. We should never turn to the world. But what about like counselors? Or well, are there Christian counselors? Go to them. But what about psychologists who don't know Jesus? Well, I don't mean to make any enemies with psychologists who don't know Jesus. I'm sure they're well-intentioning people. They're nice people and all that. Find a believer. Find a believer. There are networks that are out there, Christian counselors that can speak truth into your life. Go hang out with those guys, okay? You're going to pay somebody money, and sometimes lots of money. Give it to somebody who knows the Lord and who you know is going to speak godly wisdom into your life. I'm all for counseling. If you need counseling, get it. I'm all for that. God has gifted people with the ability to do that type of stuff. But man, we, we got to get really good at guarding these ears, what voice we're going to let speak into these ears, okay? Because here's God, he's dealing with Israel, and he's like, I'm right here, but yet you guys don't want me. You guys don't want me. You'd rather hear from the world. You'd rather the world step in to your problem and solve your problem other than just re- returning to me. They're, they're going to reap what they sow. Galatians chapter 6 talks about this. They're, they're going to end up reaping what they sow. That's where chapter 12 goes into. It says, you know, they're, they're pile up lies and violence. They're making an alliance with Assyria, sending olive oil to buy support from Egypt. Now, here's where you may not pick up on this, but I, I went ahead and sectioned this thing off through chapter, actually through the rest of the book, but we're just going to stop uh, at the end of 12. But it's, we're going to have a shift of who's talking, kind of a deal, okay? So verses 2 through 6 is going to be Hosea. And then 7 through 11, it's the Lord speaking. 
and then it shifts back from 13 on into chapter 13 a little bit, it's Hosea. So there's going to be a little bit of back and forth, and your Bible might indicate that for you, but in case it doesn't, that's, I'm just going to give you guys a heads up on that now. So as best as I know, and just looking at some commentaries today, Verses two is when Hosea begins to, he, he's speaking, okay? It says, now the Lord is bringing charges against Judah. He is about to punish Jacob for all his deceitful ways and pay him back for all he has done. Even in the womb, Jacob struggled with his brother. When he became a man, he even fought with God. Yes, he wrestled with the angel and won. He wept and pleaded for a blessing from him. There at Bethel, he met God face to face and God spoke to him. And the Lord God of heaven's armies, the Lord is his name. So now come back to your God, act with love and justice and always depend on him. So here's Hosea recounting the story of Jacob, which we are familiar with from the book of Genesis and how even he was wrestling with his twin brother inside the womb, right? Like it's Jacob and Esau and Esau comes out first and they're like, this kid's hairy. And that's what they named him. Esau means hairy and he's just covered in hair or something. But Jacob is holding on to his leg. He's like, I don't think so. Not without me, right? Like, so they're like, well, that's Jacob. Okay. So there was a, a wrestling that was happening even within the womb. And then it even talks about the wrestling never ended for Jacob. Okay. He never stopped fighting. He never stopped fighting. He's fighting with his brother in the womb. He's fighting with the angel who they, you do, there's debate on. Is that angel like, is that like a pre-incarnation of Jesus or what's going on there? Who was this angel? And did Jacob really win that wrestling match and all that good stuff? Just go back into Genesis and you can read it again for yourself. But here's Jacob always fighting, always fighting. And sometimes even fighting with God. If this is just an angel, then it's a messenger of God. And he has this wrestling match with Jacob all throughout the night. And then the angel's like, you got to let me go. And Jacob's like, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. All right. And then eventually the angel touches his hip. Then he gets that like, you know, that little uh, gangster stroll for the rest of his life. Jacob does. He's walking with the limp. It's because God hit him in the socket and boom, he's done forever. Right. So. But he never, he just never stopped fighting, never stopped wrestling. And even there in that story with Jacob's ladder, you remember that where he had like a rock for his pillow and and then he sees his angels ascending and descending on the ladder and he's like, oh, God was here and I never even knew it, right? Like this is Jacob, this is his life. This is who he was, always scheming, always scheming, even with his uncle Laban. Trying to work one over on Laban. Laban is just as bad as he is. And trying to work one over on Jacob. Yeah, you can marry my daughter. Oh, whoops, switcheroo. You got Leah. You thought you were getting another one, but you got Leah. And he's like, oh, great. Um, So he worked another seven years for the one he actually wanted. This was his life. Constant wrestling, scheming with God and all that stuff. And here's, this is Israel. This is Hosea's like, we haven't changed that much. We haven't changed that much. Come back to your God. Act with love and justice and always depend on him. Verse 7, this is where we think that it shifts for where this is the Lord. But no, the people are like crafty merchants. Selling from dishonest scales, they love to cheat 
Israel boasts, I am rich. I have made a fortune all by myself. No one has caught me cheating. My record is spotless. Well, it's not spotless if you're cheating, okay? Just because you haven't been busted yet doesn't mean you're spotless, but whatever. It says, but I, I am the Lord, your God, who rescued you from slavery in Egypt. This is a, stated again multiple times. And I will make you live in tents again as you do each year at the Festival of Shelters, which we just celebrated not that long ago. Well, we didn't, but you know what I'm saying. The Jewish nation did. I sent my prophets to warn you with many visions and parables. But the people of Gilead are worthless because of their idol worship. That's a strong statement, right? I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't pick up on that when I was originally studying this, but that's like, that's a strong statement from God concerning his people. I'll just read it again. The people of Gilead are worthless, because of what? Their idol worship. Their idol worship. Why? We talked about this in through Hosea 2. You become what you worship in extent. Now, throughout the disclaimer, I'm not talking about you don't become God, okay? So to all the Mormons, you got that theology way off. That is wrong. It's heretical, actually, technically. That is blasphemous, okay? You will never become a God. I'm just letting you know that right now but you should look more and more like Jesus as you follow him. Okay? But if you are bowing down to idols, you will look more and more like the idols. And what are they? They're deaf. They're dumb. They're blind. They're worthless. They're worthless. And this is what has happened. And in Gilgal, too, they sacrifice bulls. Their altars are lined up like heaps of stone along the edges of a plowed field. Jacob fled to the land of Aram, And there he earned a wife by tending sheep. Then by a prophet, the Lord brought Jacob's descendant out of Egypt. And by that prophet, they were protected. But the people of Israel have bitterly provoked the Lord, so their Lord will now sentence them to death in payment for their sins. Ooh, (laughs) that's like, that's, that's like harsh. But, and I forgot to remind you that that shift happened from the Lord, and then when it jumps back into Jacob's story, that the thought there is that that goes back into Hosea speaking, and it ties in back beautifully with the first part of that. But he's saying like, God's going to bring judgment because He's a just God, and He is a God of judgment. He is a God of judgment, and what needs to be judged is sin. Sin has to be judged, and if Israel doesn't want to turn to God, then God will show up and judge them in their sins. When God shows up, the best place for you to be found is in Christ, is in him, because the price has been paid. The price has been paid on the cross. Jesus took all of that. He took all that wrath upon himself. And this is where our world will find themselves, I believe, in not too distant future. This world that wants to reject Jesus, you're, you're rejecting the best sacrifice, ever. You're rejecting somebody who came to this earth and was the perfect sacrifice, lived a perfect sinless life just to die on a cross so that our sins would be put on him so that we could be found in him. And in one sense, he he has become our Passover. Like the doorposts of of our lives are, are covered by, marked by the blood of Jesus so that when judgment does come, 
it passes over us. And that, that will be a reality. We don't know when. We don't know when. I, I believe all the signs are pointing to this happening probably pretty soon. Pretty soon. And here's Israel being used as an example for us where we live today just to know, man, just, just turn to God. Just turn to him. I, whatever you're trying to find in this world, you're not going to find it. And when you find it, it won't be satisfactory. It will never satisfy. How many of us have that story before Jesus? Pursuing this and pursuing that. And like the lies that I bought into when I was in the world and of the world, these things will satisfy. And every time I attained those things, they never satisfied. They left me hungry for more. And now as believers in Christ, we, we need to realize, we need to remember because this is where we are like Israel. Israel was set apart by God. They were chosen by God to be this special, holy nation. But they would oftentimes drift from him and try to find satisfaction in these other things. You and I can do the same exact thing in our relationship with the Lord, where we want to go back to the world because we have this, this really weird thing. It's called reminiscing. It's really weird how it works in our minds, okay? So our minds are amazingly beautiful, but they are amazingly deceptive as well, right? Because you can look back on your past and you think, you think sometimes of these good times, and you're like, those are the great days. But were they the great days? They were not. Our brains only fixate on the good moments maybe that we had connected to those days, ignoring the pain that often came on the backside of those good moments, which lasted, the pain always lasts longer than the pleasure. Always. But see, our minds are weird like that, where they go back and say, oh, the good old days, the good old days. They're not the good old days. They're not the good old days. And even in church, we have to remember that. Oh, the good old days when, you know, I, for me, it's Bible college, the good old days, the Bible college and all. They were, they were good days, but they were not the good old days. I don't want to live there. I wouldn't live there because they weren't perfect. And they weren't free of chaos and heartache and all that stuff. You see, my brain has chosen to forget some of those things. Now, the good old days are yet to come. That's called heaven. That's called with Jesus. So we don't want to go back to the world. We don't want to go back to Egypt. We don't want to be tempted, you know, by this or that of the world. We want to stay fixed and focused on Jesus because the best days are yet to come. But we believe they're coming soon. And so what we see from Hosea 10, 11, and 12 is that the Lord is just pleading with Israel, come back to me. Just come back to me. And they are far. They are far from him. Okay? They are far from God. But this just shows nobody is ever too far from God. Nobody is ever too far from him. There's still hope. There's hope for me. There's hope for you. There's hope for that person you're thinking about right now. Nobody is too far from him. Nobody is. So what we do is say, okay, Lord, please keep me from drifting from you. Help me to stay disciplined in my walk with you, Jesus, and my eyes fixed on you. And then, then we begin to intercede for others that we know and that we care about. God, you got to get them. Just go get them. 
Do whatever it takes. Maybe some time in Assyria is necessary. Because here's what does happen for Israel historically. They come back from Babylon, they're not worshiping false gods anymore. There's no more idolatry. Just read the history books. Now, they didn't, they didn't really turn to God. They almost became like agnostic in one sense. Yeah, we believe in a God. He's out there, but we're not really doing anything anymore. Now, there was still religious practices and all that good stuff, so don't get me wrong. That was still happening, but by and large, you go to Israel today, and I think most, if you, just on the street talking to people, they would probably say they're atheists in one sense. That's crazy, right? Is Jews in Israel like, no, well, we don't really believe in God. That was my experience in, in going over there and just witnessing to some of them. Then other ones were like, yeah, we believe in a God that he's out there, but he doesn't really, he doesn't step into our world. That would be more agnostic. But post-Babylon, they, you don't really see a whole lot of, you know, Baal worship or anything like that. It, it turned into religion, but there's also no real, like, God worship in the truest form of what he's been begging and pleading in one sense with the nation of Israel. So it's fascinating. It's amazing that this, what does happen with them. But you and I, we need to stay fixed on the Lord. We need to stay focused on him. And man, we, we don't want it just to be with like, you know, acknowledging him with our, our mouths or with our lips. We, we want to acknowledge him from our, our hearts. And that means that how we live our lives, that we're about Jesus. We're about the kingdom. He's who we live for. So yeah, the world could be going to hell in a handbasket or whatever, but I stand for a king. I serve a king who's the king of kings, who's the Lord of lords, who is God Almighty, who still sits on the throne. So come whatever may within our world and all that good stuff, Jesus is still alive. He still rules. He still reigns. And he's coming back. He's coming back. Now, I want things to change within our nation and all that good stuff, which again is why I'd be like, hey, go vote. You have a voice, use it, right? But if nothing goes right, quote unquote, right, whatever that means, but if whatever, you know, things get changed. Hey, I'm glad Roe v. Wade was just overturned and thrown to the states. That's where I believe it should be. I don't, I'm, I'm anti-abortion. That's who I am. Pro-life to the heart, Okay. But let's say that gets switched over because Texas goes blue and all this crazy stuff. You're like, please, no, I want to sleep tonight. I don't want any more nightmares. Um, hey, if it all goes chaotic, is Jesus still king? He is. Absolutely. Now, I had to pray that, I pray that none of that stuff happens in one sense. But we're, this is just all fitting. We're going through these minor prophets, and we're going to be transitioning onto 1 Peter Peter lived in a chaotic world where the government didn't align with him on his spiritual and theological thoughts at all, at all. But you know what they did? They still worshiped Jesus. They still followed God. They still served him, even when it got very difficult. Israel serves as that example of like, when he gets turned up, they were like, well, I think we'll go the other way. But we as believers, when the heat gets turned up, we're like, no, let's run to him. Let's run to the Lord. He's our, our hope and our salvation. 
Have you ever noticed how little kids try to get away with something? Like sneaking a chocolate chip cookie out of the cookie jar. They think they've succeeded, except for that smudge of chocolate left on their cheek. Talk about a tell-all sign. They can't see it, but anyone who looks at them can. Misbehavior has a way of being found out, just as wrongdoing can't hide in the light of God's truth. We see this in the stories of the minor prophets that were sent by God to reveal the sin and the traps that the people of Judah fell prey to. But in the midst of it all, we see Jesus fighting for his people. How? Through these messages. Through continually picking sinners up by their bootstraps with convicting yet encouraging words to live fully surrendered. You've just heard from Pastor James Grizzle and the ministry of Bread for the Broken out of Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas. We appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us today, and our prayer is that you'll find exactly what you've been looking for. We're a group of people of all ages coming together to magnify Jesus. We'd love to have you come join us for a Sunday morning service or a Thursday evening service. You can find out more on our website, breadforthebroken.com. If you feel a nudge from the Holy Spirit to help us spread the good news of the gospel, then click on that donation tab. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. Well, that's all that we have for today's edition with Pastor James Grizzle, but we look forward to meeting with you again here on Bread for the Broken.